Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dads Podcast. Hey, before we jump into the interview, whether you're a longtime listener or a first-time listener, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I'm honored that you would choose this to listen to. Uh, in addition to that, thank you. I wanted to ask you two things. If you do like this episode or any of the other episodes you've listened to, could you leave a comment or a review or a rating? That would really mean a lot, and it really helps out the show a lot whether you're listening to it on iTunes or Spotify or Anchor or whatever platform, um, please take 20 to 30 seconds to leave a nice, honest review. And the second thing is that we can continue the conversation on Facebook and continue to connect and support each other over there in the Warrior Dads uh, private group. So um, if you're on Facebook, I'd really appreciate you to just you know click join and connect with other guys that are looking to become stronger, healthier, happier, better leaders, etc. Okay, let's jump into the interview. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for another episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. Today, I have Ken Wimberly joining me. Ken is an entrepreneur, a husband, and a father of three. He is always up for a challenge, whether it's in his personal or professional life. He is the founder of Legacy of Love and has over 15 different streams of income from real estate investments, operating businesses, coaching services, and oil and gas holdings. After changing his lifestyle and losing 50 pounds, he's completed in 10 tough mutters. He continues to work on himself, speaks about personal development, and also leaving a legacy. Ken, thanks so much for coming on the Warrior Dads hey, podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we were just talking before you came on. This is uh, <laughs> this is quite the understatement saying that you lead a very, very busy life and, and finding the time to do all this stuff from from your businesses to real estate to the app that you've developed legacy of love, which I can't wait to get into that and tell everybody what um, that's all about. I mean, how do you, how do you find, have you always been able to tackle so many things in your life? Have you always like, you must be so structured to be able to do all of these things on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, The short answer is, have I, have I always been able to do this? No, and I am highly structured oh, okay. these days. And, and you're exactly right. Like if you look at my calendar, it's it's color coded based on the different businesses that I have or the time that I spent or that I that I need to spend in the different businesses. And it's yeah. it's highly leveraged and, and mostly that leverage is through people. And and so I've got some great partners. And, and great business associates that that help me to get a lot of what I do done. And frankly, I couldn't do it without that that help and leverage. Now, are they local people because you have a because you have a good local presence with some of the industries that you're in, or is it, you know, a lot of people are talking about virtual assistants these days and things like that, and hiring people that they don't even know. Or Interesting. Who, who helps Interesting you? Interesting. You say that. So one of the people that is most crucial in my life and and I genuinely love her is someone that I've never met face to face. Now we 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 talk face to face every day over video chat, 
but her name is Melissa and she's in the Philippines. And I heard her seven years ago as my first virtual assistant. Actually, I read the book four hour work week, which was my first exposure mm -hmm. to the concept of a virtual assistant. And I've got a good friend of mine, uh, Daniel Ramsey, that runs a company called my Outdesk, And he's runs really, really large today, very large um, virtual assistant placement company. And I uh, used his company to, to hire this VA. And again, she started seven years ago and she is my right hand. She helps me in every single business that I've got. Um, she is very, very technically savvy. And, and really she's learned a lot of this. It's, she didn't just come with all the skills. She, she's learned on the job and we've trained her in things. I, previous people I used to have in my staff helped to train her. And, and now she's uh, an integral part of my life. So I do have her who's across the world in the Philippines. And then I've got uh, partners and staff with our, our KW office in Abilene. I've got partners in the laundromat business. Um, one's in Colorado, one's in Austin. So my, my kind of people are, are around the country and around the world. Yeah, that's cool to hear that you have, like you're saying, you have partners and you have all these people that are helping you. How did you... How did you find some of those partners? This is actually more of a personal question, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll help other people too. But I just find that I'll, I'll give you context of why I'm asking. So, you know, I, I do everything in my business by myself right now. I mean, my, my wife helps me with some of the, you know, tracking financials and stuff like that, yeah. which is super helpful. Um, Cause she's really good with spreadsheets and all that. So, but the thing is, is like doing everything by myself all the time gets to be, a little exhausting. And so it's like, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, I, I'd almost like love to have somebody with me in it, doing it, even if it's something, you know, I, and I, I understand there's, you know, complications that come with that. Cause then you have to agree on, agree on things and all that stuff. But, you know, I feel like if there's a common goal, then it's, you know, a little bit easier, but how did you find your partners? How did you uh, line up with people that had a similar interest to you or wanted to do this or how did those things come about? Yeah, it's a great question. And it you come at doing things by yourself becomes exhausting. It, it, it's exhausting and limiting because there's only so much that any of us can do on our own. We're, we're limited by, mm -hmm. by mental capacity and by time both those things. So, you know, my partners in, in I'll, I'll give you two examples, the laundromat business in, in our, my KW office, you know, my partner in the KW office is someone that was um, an agent that was with us. And she kind of stepped up for the leadership when we had a leadership vacuum, I had a, uh, a leader that walked out of, of that, of her position and kind of walked off the job and, um, the person that's now my partner stepped up and said, look, I'll help. What do you need? And just kind of showed up right there. And I had, uh, you know, had gotten to know her over the previous couple of years. And so I think there's, it's really important if you're going to start getting into business with someone to know who you're getting into business with and to have a deep relationship. I believe when you're going to get into business with someone, it's, uh, Business is like a long-term marriage. It, it, it can and should be. And I've seen a lot of business divorces that were quite ugly. And my laundromat partners, both of those. So one was a client of mine that I had met. I probably met him 12 years ago at an event. 
He became a client of mine in the real estate business. I helped him to sell a building, which led to me helping him sell and buy some other assets. And that eventually led to us becoming friends and then workout partners and adventure racing partners together. And then my other partner in the laundromat business, he was a leader um, within the uh, KW commercial system. I was an agent in there and he's a uh, uh, West Point grad, very, very sharp guy. And I had long thought, man, I'd love to be in business with this guy. In fact, I tried to recruit him into my commercial real estate business years ago. And we wanted to get into business together because we really respected each other a lot and thought we could do great things. But we were just physically located in different cities. I was in Fort Worth. He was in Austin and he uh, didn't want to relocate. So it just wasn't going to work out there. Um, but so I, I wanted to be in business with both of these guys for a long time and people I respected uh, because of the way they um, they led their lives, the way they ran their respective businesses. And when the laundromat opportunity came up, it was, uh, you know, it, it, an opportunity for us to explore what it would look like to get into business together. And we, we took about oh, probably six or eight months on really exploring the industry and the opportunity and then coming up with a, a partnership arrangement that worked for all of us. So it's it's a long process. I'm not going to say that in any of mine, that was, it was it quick to get into business with anyone. It was kind of a long process. It was years long in the making for me to get to know these partners, but um, it's led into some really, really fruitful relationships. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, so I want to hear about your schedule. You know, you talked about the four hour work week. You, you read that. How did that start to put you on the path? So you, so you mentioned that was like the first time you heard about your or, yeah. or a virtual assistant and you were already in business at the time when you read that you already were in commercial real estate and all that stuff or how I read that in 2012. Yeah, and so I'd been in commercial real estate since 2002. So I had been in the business for about 10 years when I read that book. And, you know, when it comes to scheduling though, fast forward three years after that, 2015, I read the book, the miracle morning by Hal Elrod. And that book has impacted my schedule in a dramatic way. Um, Cause now my schedule starts typically at three 45 in the morning. I'll wake up either three 45 wow. or four 45 kind of depends on how early I get to bed the night before and how much sleep I've had. Cause I, I kind of commit to seven hours of sleep during the weekdays. So yeah. I'm typically in bed at nine o'clock at night. Um, but let me tell you, people have asked me and said many times like, well, I'm a night owl. I don't, go to bed early and, or I can't get up early because I'm a night owl. And I said, well, how about flip it on its head? You get up at four o'clock in the morning for a week and you won't be a night owl anymore. You're going to be tired when the night rolls around and you're going to go to bed earlier. And so for me, that's mm -hmm. my natural rhythm now. I'm mean, typically, you go to bed around 9 PM, get up, you know, three forty-five, so that I can be starting my morning journey around 4 AM. And that, each morning, it's it's some, if not all, of the components of the Miracle Morning. My my things that I really focus on lately is meditation and journaling and exercise. Those three things are done every single day, and then the other components of after oh, and reading is done almost every single day as well. Um, although many 
in, that's, the, in that's the morning. The, that's the kind of trick. Sometimes it's in the morning. Oftentimes it's audible in my car or audible out on my uh, out on my run. Uh, so I'll go out for a run or a walk and I'll listen to audible going out there. So and then uh, sometimes the readings in the morning and sometimes it's it's you know, in the evening. I'll do a little reading as well. So the reading comes in different times. And then the, the two that I am not as diligent about as far as the milk morning goes would be the um, affirmations, which I probably do those once or twice a week and the visualization, same thing once or twice a week on that. So, okay. And then what times? All so the time? that is done. That takes me maybe an hour, I'm with, I, excluding the exercise right there. That's about uh, an hour of time to do the, the, the miracle morning component. The exercise will take me another 30 to 50 minutes, depending on the day and what I'm doing right there. But so, you know, let's mm -hmm. say from four to five, I kind of hit that stuff. And then from five to six 30, I'm kind of planning my day. I'm mapping out the priorities that I'll need to do for the day. I'll usually, that's usually the time when I'll jump in and clear some email out. I, I, during the daytime, uh, I don't, this is the beauty of having a VA. She, uh, and, and from years of working together, she manages my inboxes. So I don't have email up during the day. So she'll shoot me a message if there's something I need to address and, and I'll address it. But in the morning, I will typically go through, uh, we have a system where she'll put emails in certain folders that I need to address. And I'll go through those folders and address emails early in the morning, respond to them take care of that. I'll look at my calendar at what's coming up for the day. And then I will, uh, uh, really I, I, how I, I map my day is honestly, it's on a note card. I, I have a, I mean, I have a four one one, a tool that I use for my annual quarterly and weekly big rocks. But then from there on a day by day, each day I create a note card and on that note card, I'll put the top, you know, three to five things that I really need to get done that day to move the needle. And I'll carry that note card with me and focus on it all day long until I get them done. Wow. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because it's easy Super to carry easy. a note card around. And I'll tell you my experience. Like I use Google Task. I've, I've used plenty of electronic uh, devices, electronic systems before, but they'll get overwhelming. <laughs> You can just keep adding stuff and adding stuff to them. And then the list gets so big, it's overwhelming. And with a note card. Right. And then you're also using technology, though, still, right? So that's like, you know, if you don't want to get squirreled in that another notification that pops up on your phone, and of course, you can turn the notifications off, or you don't want to get this or you want to get that, and you want to try to get as much done as you can. I think it's a really good idea. To yeah, use just your it's, note card. yeah, your note card can only hold so many items on it. And... That's kind of what I do. So I'll make a little note card and these are the, the priorities that I'll focus on for the day. And so I, that's all done in the morning. That's in that five, 6 a.m. time frame. I'll kind of knock that out. And then uh, mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll also kind of open up our analytics for our app and start reviewing and seeing what's happening with our analytics. I'll do some work on that. Um, and all that's up until about 630 in the morning. And then uh, from there, I'll, I'll uh, hit my exercise. And these days I'm trying to 
trying, I'm actually doing uh, yoga, like a 10 minute yoga exercise as well each day. I've found myself with all of the exercise I've done over the past couple of years, my body's getting really tight. And so I've started implementing mm -hmm. like a 10 minute yoga practice each morning. So I found this lady on YouTube and she's kind of my yoga guru. I'll go through each morning with her. <laughs> so to give a little context for people that are listening, when Ken says that his body's getting a little tight over all the exercise he's been doing today, Mark's, 699 consecutive days of exercise. a little bananas. Right? Yes, yeah, 699 days. Yeah. I almost wish it was the 700th day, but it's we'll take 699. Um, so, so tell people a little bit about that journey and what yeah. got you doing that. You know, what, what kind of made me start thinking about this a couple of years ago or several years ago, Kevin Hart has this awesome Nike video. Um, on his training regimen. If you haven't mm. seen it, go to YouTube to Google Kevin Hart Nike video and uh, really, really kind of cool video, but he makes a comment on there about, you know, 365 days a year, no days off, no excuses. And, you know, it was probably a year or two of me hearing that and thinking about it. I was like, man, that, that concept resonates with me, but I wasn't doing it. I wasn't living it yet. And then late 2018, I said, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment for 2019. New Year's coming up. I'm going to work out every single day in 2019. And I wanted to do it in a way that did not require a gym membership. It limited any possible excuses. I didn't have to leave my house. I didn't have to do anything that would um, uh, allow for excuses. So I said, I'm going to I'm going to start simple. I don't know if you remember like Herschel Walker when he was in the NFL. Supposedly all the exercise he used to do was isometric bodyweight exercises. He did push-ups, abs, pull-ups, that kind of stuff. And yeah, and I've, I've, so I said, I'm going to do it kind of that style. I said, I'm going to commit to doing a, a, a certain number of reps per day. And it started with 400 reps in in. January and then up to 500 in February and 600 in March, all the way up until 1500 reps a day in uh, December. But it could be any combination of push ups, abs, squats, lunges, pull ups, jumping jacks, burpees. And I think that was it. So, kind of those, those kind of things there. And so, I'd do any combination, but I would do, you know, 400 reps a day and then up, up, go on. And man, I got to tell you, in January, 400 reps a day was hard to, to get that done. But by December, actually much by, by February, March, the, the reps got easy because of, of the muscle building through the process. And then by December, doing 1,500 reps a day was not hard. The hard thing was it took time. It took over an hour to do 1,500 reps in the morning right there. Mm -hmm. And so I... And are you saying Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker, that's how many reps he would do, or he was just the inspiration? I came up with, came the up with the rep But ranges. my understanding is that what he would do, and someone had told me that he's still doing it today, was a thousand push-ups a day and a thousand sit-ups a day. So, yeah, exactly. Damn. And uh, I've, I've heard a couple people say that he still does that today. Uh, but anyway, so no, I came up with the rep ranges, and it was just, I wanted it to be isometric, easy to do in my house. And then in addition to that, I wanted to kind of get out and do, I, I like to run, um, but I got, you know, as, as the months got on and the reps got longer, my running 
really dwindled because it was already taking up so much time to work out. And so as Mm -hmm. 2019 came to a close, I said, well, look, I don't want to just, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to all of a sudden stop. I love, I love the daily consistency. And so I said, what will I do for 2020? So my commitment in 2020 was I'll, I'll still do some amount of reps per day. I'm not going to commit to amount of reps, but in addition to whatever reps I do, um, I'm going to run, walk, hike at least two miles a day. And so I've done that. I've been super consistent. And uh, as long as I continue the balance of this year at about 2.7 miles per day average, I will surpass a thousand miles this year to have run, walked, or hiked, which is kind of a it's a milestone for me to surpass a thousand miles in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. So, but you know, we take the, you know, I, I mentioned this, that daily consistency. So this morning is a perfect example. I've got a busy afternoon today, a busy evening. I, there's no way that I would have time to run or work out this evening. And I had a ton of stuff to do this morning, or I felt in my mind, there's so much that I need to do business wise. I can, I can, I could easily occupy my time business-wise and not exercise. Yet this daily commitment that mm-hmm. I've made to myself says, nope, you're going to hit pause right now. You're going to lace up your running shoes. You're going to go outside, even though it's raining, and you're going to start running. And so that's what I did. Knocked out three miles this morning. Yeah, it's a light in rain, the rain drizzle. But yes, e- even, if it's a, even if it's a heavy it's rain, I would go out <laughs> That's right. It's not a monsoon. <laughs> That's good. I mean, that's, I mean, you're, you're displaying discipline right there, right? I mean, cause you set something for yourself. You have a reason that you set it for it. I'm sure you have, um, yeah. you know, a purpose behind it and, you know, something you've connected to it and for you're sure. just sticking with it. I mean, it's, it's not overly complicated. You know, I mean, the, one of the reasons I started this podcast is to help dads to one, identify that it doesn't take a whole lot of things to, to get better whether it's mentally, emotionally, you know, spiritually, you know, nutritionally, physically, all these kinds of different things. It doesn't take a whole lot um, of, of change. And like you're saying, consistency is, is the biggest thing. I, I actually particularly like, I mean, you know, someone says, well, I'm not going to be able to get up and just start doing 400 reps every single day. It's like, okay, well maybe you build up to 400 reps sure. depending on where you're at in life. You know I mean? And, so you make it realistic and you don't push yourself to the point of, well, at least I, I believe in not pushing yourself to the point of exhaustion and failure every single time. You know, I yeah. think there's definitely a time and a place for that, but if you just do that every single day and you're burning then it's yourself gonna out, it's going to be no fun. You're not going to want to do it then, anymore. Right. You know, so you do, you, you do enough to challenge yourself. You should definitely sweat. You should definitely increase the heart rate and it doesn't have to be super long. So how long, well, you already said it was taking you over an hour um, to do those things. And so for maybe, you know, for, for other people, maybe they start with 20 minutes. All right, how many reps can you do well, in 20 minutes? Let me minutes tell you, when I started this whole journey, my fitness journey in way back in 2012, all I did 90 days in a row, the only thing I did was 30 minutes on the elliptical. I lived in, a, in an apartment at the time and they had a little gym in the apartment and they had an elliptical machine in there. I'd go do 30 minutes a day on the elliptical and I'd kind of crank it where I'd, my heart rate was up to about 130 in there. And uh-huh. in 90 days of doing that, I dropped like 25 pounds. It was baffling how effective that was. 
30 minutes a day on the elliptical. That was it. Yeah, I saw some of your uh, quote unquote <laughs> yeah. <factory> pictures. <laughs> very different. <laughs> and uh, and you look yeah, you look very different now. And younger. You know what I mean? That's the other thing too. I mean it it, it shaves. In fact, if you walk into my house, um, as soon as you walk through the door above our mantle, you'll see my engagement photo, which was me where I was over 200 pounds. And people are like, who is that? <laughs> and I'm like, I leave it there as, <laughs> as a reminder of how far I've come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a, a similar thing. I was, I was in my 20s you know, when I did this, but I, I, my heaviest was 220 and I went all the way down to 180 in mm. just under eight months. And so it was 40 pounds in just under eight months. And, um, it was a big, it was a big change. And then people see me now and then my wife will sometimes bust out the fat boy pictures and they're like, yeah, that's, that's not you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it, it is me, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I hear that. So, so day 699 and no quit. It doesn't sound like. So what is the next thing? So you've done 10 mutters. I know you said the, the, you yeah. were planning on doing one now, but uh, with everything that's going on, that's, you know, who, who knows where that's going to take us, but what's, what's next on the horizon for you it's in that world? Because, because you, because you guys, I'm, I'm guessing after 699 consecutive days of exercise, and it sounds like you might have this new focus yeah. with yoga because of tightness and, and flexibility and all that stuff. But I can imagine that that starts to, you can still start to develop a comfort zone around that. And for someone like you, who sounds like you want to push the envelope, what's, so you know, what's I beyond like that? Once a quarter or so to do some type of really pushing myself. And you know, in the past, it's been twice a year, I would do tough mutters twice a year. Um, this past year, uh, I did something and we, I may do it again next year, but it was hands down the hardest thing I've ever done physically. I did a 24 hour walk and we may do it again next year, which sounded like an easy concept. Honestly, when my buddy called and pitched the, yeah. A so my friend, okay, well, I've never heard of this. You and your audience, your listeners go Look up and follow a guy by the name of Tom Shea, T-H-O-M-S-H-E-A. Tom is a, a former Navy SEAL, retired, and he wrote really this incredible book called Unbreakable. And in the book, he talks, he wrote the book actually for his children, and he didn't really think he was coming back from where he was going. And uh, this book was kind of a memoir to his children. And, and in the book, he talks about doing something hard for 24 hours and he suggested that they go walk for 24 hours basically with no breaks or no stopping and there's there's small breaks he's a 10 minute break each hour uh but i thought when my friend pitched that idea to me i thought oh, i run i exercise i could walk no matter how far i can walk that'll be great and it was the hardest thing i've ever done in my life physically. And after in the first eight hours, we had walked about 24 miles and in, we kind of thought we might get around 75 miles through this deal, but it, in the, in the next 
four to let's call it six hours um, as as we surpass 12 hours going into that 14, 16 hour mark, um, my body started to hurt so bad. My feet felt like I was walking on hot coals, felt like my entire feet were blistered. Um, my muscles were aching. Oh, and, and my friend and I, because we don't like to just, uh, take the easy route out. We said, you know, let's level it up a little bit. Instead of just walking for 24 hours, let's at the top of every hour, we'll, we'll do 42 push-ups, so that by the end of the 24 hours, we will have done over a thousand push-ups. So we were doing that too. And it got so hard to just get down and do the, the push-ups themselves weren't hard, but just our legs to get down and up were, were uh, a little unbearable. And so all this pain is happening. And then there's the realization that we still have eight hours left. <laughs> it's like, you got eight hours left. And that's kind of what Tom had said in his book. He's like, there, you will have to kind of go through a lot of soul searching to get through this in those wee hours of the night. And, and it was my buddy, Elliot and I were, you just chanting to ourselves and um, talking to ourselves. Oh, in addition to the, to the walking and the push-ups, we, we did something that was really important at the top of every hour. We would also express one thing we were grateful for. And I think that really that mental attitude helped a lot just with, with some gratitude and showing and speaking gratitude. And then uh, it was, you know, there was a lot of soul searching in the wee hours of the night and that, yeah, three, four, five a.m. hours was it was tough, and we started at eight a.m. Start and we finished at eight a.m. And where did you go? <laughs> I'm thinking like, are you just walking? You know, no, 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 no. Three block radius, we, we, just we had kind of mapped out a, a, like... a course. It was actually a, a very urban course in the middle of Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, but near where my buddy lived and kind of mapped out a course that was about uh, 20 miles long is kind of about how long actually it was 20 miles one way and then eight miles another way. So we had about a 28 mile course and we ended up in the 24 hours doing, I think it was like 61 or, or 63 miles is what we ended up finishing in the, in a thousand and eight pushups. And so we may do another one of those. You're asking, what's next? So he, he's already saying he wants to do another one. I was like, yeah. when I first finished, I was like, there's no way I'll do this again. But now I think it's <laughs> it's been far enough that I've forgotten. Like now the pain is kind of like a distant memory. So maybe I'll do it again. May. We did it. Oh, so here's the, here's the crazy thing. He called me on a Sunday afternoon or he texted me. He said, hey, I'm thinking about this thing. And and then he sent me a video of some people that had done it. I was like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. I'm in. And he says, well, I want to do it before it gets too hot. And so we did it May 1st. And May 1st was two weeks after he had approached me about it. So we had uh, there's zero time to train. You know, there's no training involved in it. It, it was it was OK, let's do it. Let's order some blister pads. Let's make sure we have water and whatever we need right there. And, and we're off to the races. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They, blister pads. Like, did you, the blister pads did you have a lot of blisters? So much, like I mentioned, afterwards? I felt like my entire feet were blisters. I mean, they, God, it hurt. 
And um, I only ended up with two blisters. Actually and so I was, yeah, no, I was the blister pads worked. So really? I, I put them on the hot spots when they were popping up, and I thought they it felt like they were not working. But at the end of the day, when I finally you know got off my feet and pulled my sock shoes up, I only had two major blisters. I did lose one toenail um, from from the process. Yeah, I, said I did. did <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, which is lost which is apparently they say it's pretty common for uh, ultra racers and endurance racers is you lose toenails pretty regularly. So I, I end up losing one. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it, it like blood had come up underneath it. it. It took it took it's still not quite normal. This is May first, and it's still not totally back to normal. Um, but it you know it took a couple of months for it to finally fall off, and then now it's been growing back. No, he got lucky. What about your he did, buddy? did he have a toenail fall off? Uh, apparently, it's very so common. Now, common for, for, like saying. my partner in the my partner in the laundromat is a big <laughs> adventure guy. He hikes, he climbs mountains and stuff. He goes, "Oh yeah, that's get used to it." So it's like, oh okay, <laughs> yeah. Wow, I've never heard of that. Oh, it's it's I'll incredible. Yeah, he just wrote another one called Three Simple Things." I haven't read that one yet, but I have it sitting on my desk right here. Okay, and you, you do you I know, know of him? Now we're we're, we're Instagram friends and kind of communicate back and forth a little on Instagram. And it, in fact, he does this twenty four hour walk several times a year. He'll invite people. I, I don't know what the cost is. Maybe it's a thousand dollars or something like that to fly out to. I think he's in North Carolina, and you kind of go out and and do the walk with him. We did not do that. We just did it on our own locally. But I. I I'd be very interested in going and doing it with him as well. I, I, I'm sure he's he's done and seen things that uh, would be amazing for me to learn from. Yeah, well, you'd have to learn something. Absolutely, after <laughs> you are paying for the pain, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, so I, I wanted to, you know, so I wanted to shift gears back to biggest thing that you're working on probably right now and something you mentioned about earlier about the in the morning when you look at the statistics or the yeah. uh the metrics of the app that you created yeah. the legacy legacy of love i really want to i really want you to share that because when i heard about this concept i thought that was really really cool and um so i just want you to share how you came up with the idea yeah, thanks it, and, and what it's the all legacy about. of love is i guess it's an evolution of something that I've been doing for almost 18 years now. And I have, so I have three children. My, my daughter turns 18 next week. My uh, middle son is 16 and my youngest son turns five in uh, at the end of next month. And when Grace was just one year old and Knox, my middle son was still in the womb. I, made a commitment that I was going to journal to each one of them. I wanted something I could do to just remember the moments as they were happening. Right. Cause I knew, I just knew I had this internal feeling that time was fleeting and several people had told me that, you know, parents and grandparents like, Oh, I treasure every moment. It goes by so fast. And so I wanted something I could do to kind of capture moments, capture memories and save them 
so that one day I could maybe pass those memories on to my children and maybe there'd be lessons in there that would help them in their life and in their own parenting journey. And so I started this in a simple word document, just writing down the story of their lives. And um, that was in, in word for several years after two or three years of kind of journaling just to them in a word document, I realized, Oh, you can put photos into a word doc. So I started, you know, um, adding some photos to give texture to the stories that I was telling. And the stories were everything from just a little me gushing on how great it was to be a dad and the little things that they were doing and the milestone events from when they were crawling or walking. And then I started, you know, documenting family vacations. And I've, I've now documented hundreds of, not hundreds, but dozens of family vacations and where we've gone, who we've been with. And this has been interesting because I go back and reread these old journals. And I mean, it's easy to forget the names of people we were with on these different trips. And the, the, the these stories allow us to kind of go back and revisit that. But over the years, I've told many, many, many parents about what I was doing. And the cool thing was, is that so many of them started doing it on their own and started journaling to their own kids. So, I mean, that is a brilliant idea. I'm going to start doing it on my own. And that was great. And more and more folks would come back to me like, Ken, why don't you create something and make it easy? Like have one place. It's really easy to keep all of this because um, doing it in a word doc was not ideal. Doing it in some other formats was just not ideal. And so that eventually led me to create what's now legacy of love. And it's, it's kind of a, a digital home for parents and grandparents to capture moments, memories, and lessons to one day pass down to your children and grandchildren. And what we created allows you to certainly write down the written story, but you can also do it with audio. You can tell it in audio. You can, you can insert or record video. You can put photos into it and give a whole lot of context. And our system uh, will automatically create um, based on kind of a time, a date timestamp, it'll, it'll tell how old I was as I make the entry and how old the children were when, when I made the entry so that later in life they can read it and see context at where they were in the different stages of the life, at their lives. And then it also, we, we designed it to create kind of like a modern day growth chart. So you can go look at the major milestones of your child's life on a visual timeline. And it's so cool that I can see that like, you know, from my little guy, Kai, from his first entry of milestone, he was a, it was a sonogram. And then it's like uh, the day he started, you know, he, he rolled over to started crawling, to started walking. And I can see how old he was at all these different milestones of life. And anyway, I've created all this so that, um, when my children graduate high school, I will give them the story of 18 years of their life as told through my eyes. And that's coming up soon. Grace graduates high school next, uh, next June, and she's going to get this as a gift. Thanks. That is so cool. That is so cool. So how do, how do people, what is it like a, can you do like a yearly? Yeah, it, yeah it's a it's a freemium model, so it, it it's free it, and it's an app, so you can find it on the Apple I/O store or the Google Play store. Either one, it, it's a Legacy of Love. You get on either one. Uh, you can 
learn about it at legacyoflove.app.app. Kind of go on there and it'll tell you more about it. But it's it, it's a freemium model. You can use it for free. You can upgrade the the, the premium features are the you know adding a bunch of photos rather than the free version you can add one photo to any entry right there the premium features you'd add the photo and the video and the milestone and the timeline features those are all in our premium but it's it's 749 a month or 69 dollars a year is what it is for our premium version so for the cup of okay. price of a cup of coffee per month no, you can kind of have a place to create just these these memories and and, and it's a safe secure place so we've got our our data is stored on on Amazon web servers, um, and unlike social media, this is private. It's not designed to be shared anywhere. It's designed to be with you and the stories that you tell that you can one day pass along to to your loved ones. It's doing great. It's, That's cool. You know, it's it interesting. I this is my first foray in the app business, and so uh, I. I really thought it was like Field of Dreams, mm-hmm. build it and they will come. And there's so much more to to it than that. And I've learned so much over the past year. We we it's been out for a little more than a year now. We initially released it in May of 2019. And there's so much that I've learned and we're we're continuing to tweak the design and the workflow to make it even more user friendly. Um, and that's what we're working on right now is, is um, making uh, making it more user friendly so that each person that that kind of downloads and uses the app gets to that aha moment, which I think is, you know, once someone makes probably about 10 entries, they can really start to see the beauty of this and they can see, wow, these are the stories of my life or of my child's life. And it starts to get really meaningful for them. That's cool. What, what, you know, if, if somebody's listening and they're like, man, I wish, I wish I'd known about this, you know, when my kid was younger or, you know, now they're five or they're 12 or something like that. What would you say to them? Like, well, I'd, I'd almost like this now? look in a mirror and ask them, um, especially for people that maybe they've lost their parents. What would it have meant for you to get something, say, from the time you were 12 or from the time you were 18 until your parents passed away? If for them to have given you context and history in in your life, what would that have meant? And it unequivocally, when I asked people that, it's it would have meant the world to me. It would have been the most important, valuable thing I have in my life. And so my you know, short answer is just just start now and start telling the stories. And also think if, if you're a grandparent, you didn't do this for your kids, but what could you do for your grandkids to tell those stories? Because um, what I found more and more is that that's the thing you know, people wish the most is when their grandparents were gone. It's like, wow, I wish I knew more about their own childhood or, or what it was like for them or what they thought, what it was like for them in the service. There's so many things that people miss and, and wish they could get from uh, their grandparents when they were gone, when they're gone. hundred percent. And you can get started for free, right? Cause you said there's, there's enough that you can do. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you said there was journal free. entries and, and, Okay. So the, the photos, the amount of photos. Yeah, but look, and my, again, my first three plans. years of making journal entries for my kids, it was all text. It was just all text. I was just telling the stories. But now you can take our free version. You can create, you know, add your kids in there, get their dates of birth in there and yours in there. So it starts tracking um, how old you are, how old they are. 
and just start telling some stories and add a photo and everyone to give a little context right there and just get in the habit right now. Just get in the habit. Then, yeah. Yeah. My commitment for years was just once a month. I said, let me just do it once a month per child. And, and that commitment, you know, I would, there would be some months where I would just get so busy and I would miss. And there'd be other months where I'd make up two or three in a month. But these days I'm, Almost weekly now, I'm, I'm at least making one entry, not not one entry per child every week, but at least I'm making an entry every week. And sometimes it's simple little stuff like someone, they'll say the funniest stuff. Kids are so funny. And, yeah, you know, like I need to remember that or there's, so, you know, especially with a five year old, they're so silly. Um, or with my daughter, like we'll go on daddy daughter dates and every single one of those I've I've documented in the app so that, um, that that she'll know how important those days were to me. The, the girl, yes. the, the one you said is going to turn 18. Yes, next my week. heart's breaking every time I think of that. Nice. Just, I mean, it's beautiful that she's, you know, becoming a woman and, and growing up, but it, uh, oh man, and it, you know, she's, she'll be leaving the house in less than a year. And that, uh, that's going to be a big change for us. Yeah. Yeah. She's going away to school. I don't know. So she's applied to six different colleges. A lot are in the Southeast. So yes. In fact, she's only applied to one college in Texas. So, so, so yes, it's going to, wherever she goes, it's going to be far (laughs) enough. Yeah. Far enough then. Big, big time. Yeah. Two hours away. Anywhere as long as it's in Fort Worth. So. So you have such a you have such a range of ages for for children. How do you do you guys all spend time together all at once? Or, you know, you mentioned that you go on like these dates with your daughter. Do you do that individually do. with There's this concept all of your children? Called the family board meeting. And i there's a guy named Jim Shields that wrote a it, it's the most wonderful book to read. It's 90, I think it's 90 some odd pages and it's big print. So it's a really easy book to read. You can read it in a matter of an hour. And, but Jim mm-hmm. came up with this concept of family board meeting. And it is not like what the title I thought, Oh, what, this is a meeting. No, it's all about one-on-one connectivity with your children and the importance for each parent to have one-on-one connectivity with, with your children. And so at least once a quarter, I will, I will do a one-on-one with each one of my kids. And um, it could be a, a date night where we'll go to dinner. Like in fact, not with my, both my older kids, we've done some of these where we'll go to dinner in the shooting range You go, go shoot guns. And we've done six flag. Well, there's all kinds of things that we've done, but um it's uh, it's important mm-hmm. to have that one-on-one bonding. We do a ton of stuff together as a group, of course, um, but it's also important to have that one-on-one where you can just break down the barriers and have some, you know, really deep, meaningful conversation. Uh, just you know, together. There's there's so much more that comes out, and they're willing to share on a one-on-one basis when when you are in a group. That's cool. That's very cool. And then, so getting back to, so that actually just made me think of like, all right, well, what do you guys typically, so that's once a quarter, but how do you guys typically 
spend time during the day. And then that led me back to your whole schedule. So we talked about your morning routine and then it's, yep. you know, I'm guessing you're working throughout the day. And then when do you kind of join back yeah, with your family generally, at, at night? You guys yeah. dinner together, you guys well, generally, routine, you guys I'll, watch TV yeah, or whatever. Take off from work somewhere between 5 and 6 p.m. and head home. Right now is such a weird time of year since it gets dark at 5.30. Um, you know, it, during summertime, there's always we're out, outdoors. We'll go do something. We'll go for a walk. We'll ride a bike. We'll do something outdoors a lot more during summertime. With this time of year dark outside typically come home my wife and i both love to cook and and in fact the older kids enjoy to cook we've just been a thing of ours and so we'll often cook dinner together or one of us will lead the cooking excursion and so we usually cook almost every night um, and we'll try to have dinner together these days again i've got a almost 18 and a 16 year old so they have their own agendas and things that are going on with their their friends and schoolmates so um we are not always together and uh, my older kids so i'm remarried um so kai our youngest is for me and and amber and my uh, previous wife melissa's were um with knox and grace and we live a mile and a half away from each other so we're very fluid the kids are back and forth so you probably at least two or three days a week we'll have together dinner together all as a family the others it might just be amber me and kai and then um we watch hulu or netflix we'll watch different series on that i I got rid of normal tv and cable years and years ago so we'll watch just funny comedies or series right now we're watching kind of a christmas movie every night we started two nights ago or two or three nights ago and we'll do that so we're watching some kind of funny or good christmas movie each night and um, and then we'll play games too, especially with a five-year-old. He loves to play games, and so he, he's got a little bingo game. We'll play that. He's got all kinds of silly little games that we'll play. And he really loves like iPad games, Plants vs. Zombies, some other stuff like that. So he he and I play a lot of that stuff together. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. So. Um... So tell everybody, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the, um, the, the website yep. for the app, right? It's legacyoflove.app. Sure. Where else can people find out about you? Yeah. Or follow what you're doing and. Um, you bet. Yeah. So I, I, I am, <laughs> I'm on social media though, though I am not voracious on social media, but I'm on Facebook at Lord Wimberly. I'm on Instagram at yeah. Lord Wimberly. It, it's a funny story. Lord so my ex-brother-in-law, okay. um, supposedly is what my, my ex-wife told me, had um, when he signed up for his American Airlines Advantage Miles, they asked you, you know, what your title is, you know, Mr. Mrs. Doctor, Professor, Lord, Lady, and he had checked Lord. And so supposedly he would go to the airport and they're like, oh, Lord Browning. And so <laughs> I thought that was such a cool idea that long ago I, I had an email that was Lord Wimberly at Hotmail years ago. And uh, so, yeah, I'm Lord Wimberly on Facebook and um, and then Instagram, Ken dot Wimberly and also on Instagram, Legacy of Love app on Instagram. You can follow us what we're up to at Legacy of Love. Um, And I'm on LinkedIn at I think it's Ken Wimberly CCIM is my LinkedIn. 
Okay. Awesome. So we'll have all those, we'll have all those, uh, linked up in the show notes below. So anybody listening can just go down and click on them depending on where you're listening. Um, and so that's, that's awesome. Ken, I really enjoyed this, but I can't let you go just yet. Um, as with every episode, I end with 10 questions. Um, and those you were bet. inspired by, uh, James Lipton. So you ready to go? All right, man. Who is your hero? Yeah, I think my hero is my uncle. He has been such a great example, um, just as a, as a human, as a generous soul. When my grandfather passed back in uh, 1995, I think my uncle kind of took over as the patriarch of our family and helped kind of keep us all together and close and, He's uh, just a great guy. So I think he certainly fits that role. Cool. The future. What excites you? Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. It, what the Our, future? The it, future it's just of opportunity. The right yeah, you can look at like. <laughs> I mean, we can. Any of us can find negativity with a lot of things. But so for me, I'll tell you what excites me right now is in in two yeah, yeah. years when Grace and Knox both go to college. Amber and I and Kai are going to buy an RV and we're going to buy a truck and an RV and we're going to tour around the United States for a year and hit major national parks and these great state parks and just go experience nature for an entire year. So that excites me. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'd love to do something like that. That's really cool. Negativity, simple mindedness, Smoking. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Negativity is a big one. I hear that a lot. Uh, what is your favorite sound? The laughter of children. Uh, I mean, certainly I love hearing, hearing my kids laugh, um, but just laughter of children in general. I mean, that just fills my soul because children are so mm -hmm. they're so perfect they they come to this world welcoming and um giving and honest and complete and somehow we take all of that out of them as they grow up and and uh, in fact there's a fascinating book called lovable by dr kelly flanagan that really shed a ton of light to me on that so anyway to get back to Laughter of children warms my soul. Awesome. What is your hmm. least favorite sound? I don't know what my least favorite sound would be. Um, maybe what the opposite whining of children might be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Action what is, your favorite is quote the foundational or key to all success. Pablo Picasso. Nice. In a few words, what should a dad be? An inspiration, an example, and a source of safety. I like it. And in a few words, mm. what should a dad not be? Uh, should a dad not be? Uh, a dad should not be closed-minded. A dad should not be 
negative and a dad should not be um, present. Should not, should not, not be present. Yeah, should not, not be, not be present. Not, not be present. There you go. <laughs> if you could try any other profession. So for one, I am trying a new profession, which, which is this whole app development business. But, but if, <laughs> if, if it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, asked, it's always hard to ask that question. Yeah. But like it, you, where it's like, you're doing so many different things. But I think if I was, you know, if, income, if, like, like, what haven't I done? It might be something like, you know, wildlife or nature photography. That sounds kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, and I will. Yeah, you could do that on your RV trip. <laughs> and finally, what would you um, like to be remembered Being for? the best possible example that I could to my wife and my children and anyone else that happened to be watching. Awesome. Ken, this was great. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate everything you shared today. Um, uh, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with everything. And for anybody listening, go check out that um, Legacy of Love app. It sounds awesome. You can get started for free. Um, I, I know I'm going to check it out. I told my wife about it before, uh, after I got off the phone with you last week. And she was like, wow, that sounds really awesome because she keeps a book for our son from the time he was born and puts pictures in there and writes things in there. And the, sure. the, the, the book is getting really thick right now and it's like hard to close. So something like I that um, seems right up her alley too. So, I mean, yeah. Hey, thanks, Jim. So, I really appreciate I, you I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. See you later, everybody. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.